everybody. Welcome back. This is Mark. Welcome to another episode of this Poor Pastors podcast. And we are continuing on with our response to this video on 10 reasons why people leave house churches. We're going to deal with reasons six and seven today, and then I think we're going to call it. I think you're getting the idea, and really the last few um, reasons are... Well, I don't think they're worth spending much time on. You can always go and listen to it. I'll link to the entire video in the show notes so you can find it there. But I think these last two are worth mentioning as well. So we're going to get into those here in just a moment. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. And I'll be back in just a moment to start today's episode. Get yourself a cup of coffee. Here we go. You know, I wanted to take just a second to uh, to make clear that I'm not, I think I've already said it, so I probably don't even need to make it clear, but I'm going to make it clear anyway. I'm certainly not against the idea of house churches. I have explored the idea. I think there's a lot of validity in the need for them in certain circumstances, but I just, I'm not, I wasn't convinced by this video. And since I hear these same arguments a lot, I thought it would be valuable to go through. Now, it's not necessarily as interesting as hopefully some of the other topics we've discovered, but I think it is important because I don't know that we would be better served in our country as it currently is to everybody abandon the large churches en masse and go to home churches and house churches. I think there's got to be some room for both. And I do think this gentleman, Matthew Dabbs, has a valid point that people are leaving legacy churches for house churches. I don't think that's anything new. I think it's been happening, and I think it's probably going to continue to happen. I just wasn't convinced by his arguments because I think that in many cases they ignore the fact, one, that some of the things he says are more possible in a house church than a legacy church, as he calls it, or traditional church. Some of those things are just as possible, and in some cases better done in bigger churches than in house churches. And two, I think he is oversimplifying how much better it is in house churches, or or maybe over-romanticizing it. Remember this, it's the exact same people. The exact same people. And so the problems that the exact same people are supposedly able to solve in house churches, could be those people could solve those problems in the big churches, and if they're not there, they probably won't in house churches either. It has been my experience, and it's just my experience. I would love to go into more detail and talk to someone in particular who's had a much better experience with house church, but it's been my experience that after the novelty wears off, it really just turns into an opportunity to sit around and drink coffee and have devotional time, but not really the focus of edification and study of the Word of God and... Um, the edification of believers and so on and so forth that that should happen. So both of the uh, reasons that Mr. Dabbs gives in today's episode have to do with the program of the church. Um, uh, reason number six is uh, flexibility, and reason number seven is that it's organic. And you'll hear there's some overlap, as he even agrees, there's some overlap between the two. And so let's go ahead and listen to uh, reason number one, as we look into this today, and let me see, I'm just going to get past, there's a there's a advertisement here just as I was doing the recording, so let's go to this, 
and then hold. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm going to go ahead and play this now and let you hear um, reason number six. Here we go that no one actually lives in. The sixth thing is what I'm getting at here is it's flexible. It's not rigid. You have the ability to move and shake and change the time and change the location and shift things around. And when I was ministering at a traditional congregation, it was huge to get the order of worship right. It was huge to get just the right people doing just the right things on Sunday to put on the Sunday show to get the big production going. Now, yes, we organize some worship. We ask people in advance to do things. And often people fall out and they say, I'm sick or I can't make it. And we have learned that you just rely upon God, that that morning it's going to be okay, that that slot is not perfectly filled with just the right person, with just the right message, that it's really okay. And you know what's so crazy when that happens and we just show up and we say, well, let's just see what God does. And some of the most amazing things get said where our children speak up and share from their heart that morning. That would have never happened had the polished presenter gotten up and shared just the right words that our kids are just sitting over in the pew, just maybe not even paying attention to. Our kids are engaged. And there's that flexibility that allows them room to, 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 to breathe. It allows them room to participate and even mess up. And it's all okay because it's in your living room. It's your family. It's your spiritual family. When people mess up in big church, it's like, oh, uh -oh this is going to be trouble. Not so in your living room. Okay, so I let that play in its entirety because I wanted you to hear the entire argument. Again, I do think there's some validity to this, that there is some flexibility. But again, Matthew Dabb's background seems to have been in large mega churches that were where shows were put on more than um, organic or relational type of worship. And that doesn't represent the vast majority of traditional church buildings in America. Most churches are smaller. Most of them are less than 100 people, less than 150 people, and so they don't have that that polished feel. So he, he said, and he said, you know, we, we've learned that we're just, we're, we just, we've learned that we can rely on the Holy Spirit and that it's all going to be okay. Well, I've learned that in a traditional church building. That is not unique to house churches, that somehow it's impossible in these larger churches to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to push back here a little bit also because there is a little bit of this um, casualness that says, you know, somehow not having a program or somehow not caring about how the, the thing goes is not relying on the Holy Spirit. I do think we have an overemphasis on programs. It's something we're working to remedy in our own church. But if you come to our church on any given Sunday, we have a program, but we also have a family feel. And again, I don't know what kind of church he went to, but in our church, if a little kid gets involved, we love to see a little kid. Nobody's sitting there saying, oh, oh, somebody's in trouble. Now, I've been in a large church where you kind of had that feel, but I don't think it's the majority of churches. I know our church loves to see kids involved and kids mess things up, and we laugh and we enjoy that. So again, I think it's important to recognize that the dichotomy that's being presented in this video, this very popular video, it is a dichotomy between large, mega, super professional, show-type churches versus the house church. 
And it leaves out a large percentage of the average churches in America, the normal churches in America, where we have also learned to be flexible. Because on any given Sunday, I don't know who's going to show up. And we have learned to be flexible. Some weeks I have to lead singing. Other weeks I don't have to. Some weeks I do everything on the platform. Some weeks I don't. We, we've learned, we have learned to be flexible and learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, even though we don't meet in our house. There's nothing magical about meeting in your living room. Okay, there's nothing extra spiritual that happens there that enables you to just trust the Holy Spirit. Um, I, again, this is a false dichotomy. The problem is in churches that have placed an overemphasis on the, pro, on the program or the performance. That's a problem. And the remedy for that is not necessarily house church, although I agree with Mr. Dabbs. Some people may be going to house church because they miss that family and that organic feel. So I think his, I think his reason is accurate that there, that is a problem. I don't, know that, um, I don't know that that's a big reason people are going to house church for the flexibility and again this i'm certainly not saying that he is saying this but what i've seen is often that flexibility is a mask for laziness in some cases so small churches can learn to be flexible too just like um just like big churches uh or just like house churches can learn to be so take that for what it's worth and i'm going to go on here to uh to the next um, video. It's a little bit shorter. I'm going to let the whole thing again play uh, in total so you so can hear it. The next is kind of related to that, and it's organic. It's not programmatic. The life of the church is truly alive, and it grows into new areas and new things that are very natural. In big church, traditional church, we're looking around going, what kind of programs do we need? Where someone complains and goes, you know, we have a problem with such and such. Let's create a ministry team for that. It's like, okay, well, why don't you spearhead that? Okay, well, now we're spinning our wheels in 19 different areas that don't necessarily move us ahead into any meaningful direction. With a house and the home, home church, we're in each other's lives. We see the needs right in front of us. We meet the needs extremely quickly. We don't have to wait on, this is a bonus item here, you know, we don't have to wait on a program or a ministry team or an eldership group to get together to discuss, you know, all the things that are going to happen to address this person's house burned down or whatever. We just say, hey, there's a need. We pray about it. We can collect money online on the spot. People can get out their phones and even just give right to a need right there. We have to wait till next week. Pass the trades. We don't pass trades. We don't take up a collection. Okay, so that got um, that stopped a little bit early. He's going to say we don't take up a collection because our people know how to give. <laughs> um, so do ours. Uh, now, there's a couple of things here. He deals with two areas. One is the meeting of needs, the ease of meeting of needs, and the um, the the organic nature of the ministry. You know, we're not we're not trying we're not starting 19 different ministries and spinning our wheels again accurate there that is a problem uh, one of that's been one of my primary um focuses in the churches i've pastored is we are going to eliminate any ministry where there is not someone in that ministry who can do it who is called to do it and desires to do it where it's not where it's meeting a need we're not just propping up ministries ministries come and go and we do that in a traditional church building our church uh, has existed for nearly 200 years and that's what we're we're doing now i just don't buy the idea that you're going to um, eliminate that totally in a house church unless and again i need to do some more research here but unless Mr. Dabbs uh, is recommending that in a house church, there is no leadership. 
And I can't imagine that's the case. Certainly, if people are meeting in my house, I'm at least going to have something to say over what's done and how things are done. But again, this idea of congregational polity and that we're all equal, we all just follow the Holy Spirit, that's a myth. God has always used leaders, and he always will. There is no such thing as the hive mind or because we're all filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, we just we just all innately know what to do, and the problem is leaders, and if leaders would get out of the way, then it could be more organic. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen in churches. It doesn't happen in families, and it's not going to happen in a house church. So, again, this problem does not need a house church in order to solve it, and it may be the reason that people are going to house church, but my suspicion is, again, given time, this same problem is going to arise. I remember talking to a man who uh, was a professor of mine in Bible college, and his name is Doss Rousseau. I don't mind saying his name. It's not a criticism of him, but Doss uh, left the the traditional church environment where he was, and he started a house church. And these were some of the very reasons that he gave, by the way. This organicness and this lack of, you know, he was kind of anti-authoritarian um, leadership kind of thing. Now, I know Doss Rousseau. He tends to be a bit of an authoritarian leader, but maybe he changed. But I remember asking him, I said, so you're telling me that nobody's in charge of your house church? And we talked on the phone and I asked him that question and he said, well, of course I'm in charge. See, so you can talk all you want to about this um, this idea of, of this organic, just we're all just working together here, but without leadership, without someone in leadership, then things are going to tend to chaos. So you may be able to move more quickly in a house church, but you are still going to have to wait on those in leadership and those, uh, whether it's pastor or elders or however, who are going to have to determine how different needs that are presented can be met. Again, you don't need a house church to do that. And if you go to a traditional church, you don't need the leadership of the church to help you decide how and when to meet needs. You are free to organize help for anyone who needs it. If you're talking about the church's resources, there still needs to be someone in charge of making that decision and leading and guiding the congregation. You may be free to bring up an idea, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, someone is still making the decision. Now, our church runs about 100 people on Sunday which is, I'm going to guess, much larger than any house church is probably likely to be. Last week, in our town, a house burned down, and I spent I spent the majority of the day helping someone deal with that. But our church, the second Sunday of every month, uh, takes up a deacon's fund, at least as often as people can figure out how to give. Then we take, up a, we take up a deacon's fund. We have a healthy deacon's fund, and it's there for the pastor and deacons to be able to quickly move to help people without having to take up a church vote. Again, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But Within one hour of receiving the phone call about this house burning down, total loss, within one hour, I had a check from the treasurer in the amount of $3,000 to take to this family to meet their immediate needs of, of, of clothing and boarding their dogs and all that stuff. And that was, we've done more since then, but that was within one hour. I, I, I hesitate to think that a house church is going to move more quickly than that, or that a house church is going to have within their a smaller membership those kinds of resources at their disposal to be able to cut a check for $3,000. Now, 
here's 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 a thing that doesn't get he he places a lot of emphasis here on pastor and leadership team and eldership team but it is not the pastors and elders who usually are the ones clogging up the works in the majority of churches the money that's given goes into the into the general fund and there's a budget and the pastor and elders or deacons who might want to spend money to help people can't do it until guess what until they can call a business meeting and the congregation gets to get together and decide how the money gets spent. So it's not the elders and the leadership team that are dragging their feet. Again, that is a red herring as far as I'm concerned, and it doesn't represent the accurately how things go. Now, in a larger uh, megachurch, for example, it could where they don't have regular business meetings, it may in fact be the elder team. So again, I come back to my original assertion that this is really a frustration and a response against large megachurch uh, polished professional shows that are being done on Sunday, um, not representing the average church. So if you go to an average-sized church, I would say anywhere from uh, 10 to 400 people even, I think you can probably very easily accomplish everything that's being accomplished uh, and help to meet the needs. You don't need your church body to meet the needs. And we don't pass a plate in our church because otherwise our people wouldn't know how to give. I don't even know where that's coming. We don't pass a plate, but you do take up an offering you do, and you people give virtually and things. I mean, come on, people in legacy churches know how to give as well and they know where to give. So that would, maybe that was just, he was just filling time. Speaking of filling time, mine is gone. And so we're getting ready to close out today. Listen, again, I want to reiterate, I love my Christian brothers and sisters and those who have house churches and those who are in mega churches and those who are in legacy churches and those who are in the average uh, one to 200 member congregations. I love them all. And these may be some reasons people are leaving, but my guess is that not long after leaving your church for, for a house church, you're going to find out that the problems are the same because the people are the same. So wherever you are, wherever God has called you to be, gather together with a group of believers for the fellowship and for the edification. If kids mess up, don't think anybody's going to get in trouble. Just be glad you got kids there. And by all means, please show people where to give. I mean, it's complicated. People don't always know how to do that. If you go to a house church, thank God you guys know how to give. Oh, my goodness. Anyhow, I'll talk to you next time, everybody. Be back tomorrow with one more episode not related to this before we take a break for the Lord's Day on Sunday. But thank you so much for listening. Listening, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.